standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. It is going to be episode 351, coming to you on February the 8th of 2023. Today we're going to talk about what is what does it take? What is it going to take? A little highlights to be a man, to be a hero, or to just be a citizen. <sighs> Join us. But before we get into that, let me remind you the best thing you can do. The only thing I ask of you for right now is to like, share, subscribe to the show. Go over to the podcast catcher and follow the show. And if you're feeling particularly enthusiastic about the show that I bring you, whether it's today or in the past, please do me a favor. Go comment. Feel free to critique. You won't hurt my feelings. And if you can rate, that would be even better still. The algorithm can be your friend or your worst enemy. And right now, I don't know what it is. So we're doing our best to work around it. In either case, on with the show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you. It's been an interesting year thus far. So I uh, sat down. Uh, my wife and I have been watching a show together. And she got quite a few episodes in front of me. And uh, when I stepped out of my office the other night, uh, I had heard the background music going on and I stepped out and I said, who died? That didn't go over very well. Gents, just you should learn from my mistake here. Probably don't start off a conversation with who died after listening to melancholy music from a show or a movie your wife is watching. Generally doesn't go over well. Well, needless to say, I spent some time, uh, I needed a little downtime, put my uh, mind off of things, and I watched a couple of episodes to kind of attempt to get caught up and uh, dealt with the death of the main, one of the main characters, not the main character, but one of the, one of the characters has been with the show since the start. Quite frankly, it was uh, somebody that I could identify with. And it was, uh, I guess, not at all surprising since somebody had accidentally let out that somebody dies in the show. Uh, so I wasn't completely unprepared for it. Um, I will say this, as far as TV shows go, they they, uh, they did an honorable farewell. The guy was, a, like I said, a key component character. But while I was watching it, I couldn't help but reflect grieve a little bit you know a guy i grew up with i haven't talked to in over 30 years he died this year shouldn't be that big a deal we weren't close i mean uh he went on to his own world i went on into mine i moved a thousand miles away into texas but it's a little disruptive, disconcerting to figure somebody you went to grade school, middle school, and high school with just died. And then uh, top that off or to take it a step further, another person that I essentially grew up with, uh, she was a few years younger than I was. She ended up marrying a good friend of uh, my wife and I's uh, again after we had left and we moved to Texas, but I, you know, I knew her as a young girl, young lady, 
got reacquainted as adults as she's married a, a friend of ours that we my wife went to high school with and you know it was a very cordial friendly relationship but obviously not close we lived a thousand miles away but you know when you're a thousand miles away and you're separated and you don't have a close relationship it's kind of easy to separate yourself it's easy to not consider the ramifications or the challenges there at one time this uh this guy was probably one of my closest friends and i can only imagine what he's going through i could see how that would tear you up inside <laughs> you know i I pride myself on not being overly emotional, and I don't know that I'm going to be able to pull it off in this episode, but it got me to think, excuse me, it got me to think, what is it, what is it that makes a man, what is it that makes some people be a hero, what is it just just to be a citizen, you know, it's reflective in my life that you know the generation before mine had the question where were you when kennedy was shot everybody knew november 22nd 1963 where they were at when it happened what were they doing now for me i had the uh, space shuttle blowing up when i was in middle school and to be honest with you i don't remember the date but i do remember the day I do remember them wheeling in the little TV for us to watch the Challenger go up. And we sat there in stunned uh, shock when that Challenger blew up on the TV screen. Not easily forgotten. The date has disappeared in the memory memory bank because there's been so many other things that has happened between then and now. So, again, for my generation, and and probably, quite frankly, if not my daughter's generation, the generation that directly follows me, the older millennials, everybody remembers, and I'm just, I don't think this is uh, speculative, I don't think this is an exaggeration, but everybody remembers where they were that morning on 9-11. I sat down watching a news report and watched the second plane go in. I knew then what was soon to follow. I was both relieved and sad by what followed. Um, I was relieved in that I thought that we were going to launch some nukes or something. For- fortunately, somebody's cooler heads prevailed and it was what one would call a proportional response but that proportional response went on for 20 some odd years and thousands if not hundreds of thousands of young men and some young women were altered for the rest of their lives because of that now i won't get into all the details and i won't get into the speculation of how the what the when the why and the where but the direct result was is we went to a war it was a limited engagement war if you will but a war nonetheless 
So as I'm sitting down thinking, well, what do I want to talk about for the show on Wednesday? Everything that I had listened to earlier in the day, everything that had inspired me to come up with a couple of great ideas in my own mind of what I could talk about in the next week or two on my show had been washed away as somebody turned on the spigot to grief, to the sadness that deals with loss. So as I sit there considering the character arc and how he died and what that meant to the each individual in the show and how the uh, characters in the show related to what they remembered best. It got me to think, well, as a man, in, in the Latin sense, right? But just as a man, what does it mean? What did you do with your life? What impact? How are they going to remember you? Will they remember you? Will it be just your closest friends or your direct family? Will it be extended family, extended friends? And what will they think about when your name is spoken or when your picture is shown? Podcast that I spent many years listening to, the the gentleman there referred to it as your dash, right? There's going to be a date where you were born and a date where you died and there's a dash in the middle. And to be honest, I don't even remember if that was his original idea. It seems to me that he referenced a, an officer in the military that told him about this, but I, I could be not 100% accurate on it. And hat tip to Mr. Spearco out there. I highly doubt you know who I am from Adam, but I followed you for a good number of years, and I've heard you mention that story and that phrase many, many times. What are you going to do with your dash? So again, the question is, what does it take to be a man? What do people remember? Well, for me, I'd like to think that my family will remember that I spent a lifetime putting other people first. I'd like to think that my family would re- <laughs> revel in the many stories of humorous, maybe even foolish or adventurous things that I did as a young man or as a child. But you know, when you become a father, when you have your own children or, or a mother, for those of you that are following along here that you know are upset that I didn't say man or woman here, but when you have your own children... Ideally, you set aside the foolish things of your youth. Ideally, you set aside your more flivor, flivor, <laughs> uh, less important goals. <laughs> Presumably, you then focus on your now young family, your, your child, whether it's a son or a daughter, it's really not relevant. It's, it's your child, your prodigy, your, your, Progenity. It's your next generation that sits before you or lays before you or at some point will stand before you and you focus on how can I possibly give my child a better life? 
How can I protect them? How can I provide for them? What do I need to do? So the question is, is what does it take to be able to do that? Well, in a fallen world, I don't know. You know, I have a moral set, a group of values put upon me from my religious faith. But clearly, everybody doesn't see things the same way I do. Clearly, there are other people that do similar things that I had done that didn't subscribe to the same ideas. So there's got to be something, some intrinsic draw or base value that every parent feels. But then again, I look and it's not every parent. As a matter of fact, there's a large number of people that, quite frankly, don't become parents. Or if they do become parents, they abandon that responsibility. They they reject that responsibility, that gift. They walk away or they terminate it or, or they just don't want to make those sacrifices. And I, and I, I got to admit, I, I don't know how you do that. I don't know. What must go through your head to be willing to do that? Could you be that selfish, that egotistical, that... I, I don't even know what the right word is. I, I don't know. I can't wrap my head around it. You know, people talk about when they get to be my age, well, I could have done this. I could have done that. I might have been something. Yeah. Yeah. But you were somebody else's daddy. You were somebody else's mommy. At some point, maybe you're a granddad or or a papa or a mammy or a grandy. You never know what the future holds, but if you reject it, if you refuse to if you refuse to do that, accept that responsibility, you'll never know. So when you look at that, when you consider that, It comes to the conclusion that it's a choice. And the question is, is what choice are you going to make? Do you make a lifelong commitment? Potentially. Do you invest in your child? Do you invest in your next generation? Sadly, it appears in many ways that our society isn't interested in doing that. So then when you take it to the next step, the next logical conclusion, well, what does it take to be a hero? I mean, that's my logic, right? If you're not even a man, how can you possibly be a hero? Now, I'm not a huge subscriber to reading a bunch of biographies. I think, honestly, if you read a biography, it's going to be tainted one way or the other. They're going to either paint the person in the best possible light or they're going to trash them. There are very few biographies, in my opinion, that are actually a warts and all, good things and bad, fair, even-handed Outlier. I'm sure they're there, but I haven't run across them. Okay. So when I look at what does it take to be a hero? It's got to be willing to make a sacrifice 
or make a split second or a split second decision at the then and there that somebody else or something else is more valuable than you are. So when I think about that, I'm like, if you can't even step up to be a man, how can you be a hero? How is it that you're going to be able to set it all aside and pull that off if you're not willing to make the small, most basic sacrifices now? Now, from what I do know is there are a great number of people that are called heroes that did do that in that time, in that place. They made that sacrifice. And some have done it repeatedly, but they make that sacrifice because they actually, in fact, hadn't considered the consequences. They hadn't really thought through what they were doing. That was just a gut reaction on their part. So I reflect on that and and we look back at a number of men and some women in the history that had made a split a split second momentary lapse of reason decision to put other people's needs before their own and for the rest of their life they're seen in a heroic fashion they're put up on a pedestal and i'm not saying that they don't deserve it i'm not trying to take this away from them but i'm saying is they did it for that one moment then and there and if you've listened to some of these people interviewed some of them say don't know what i was thinking i don't know that i would have done it again but they're honest and I have to, I have to appreciate the fact that people are honest enough to say that yeah, it was the right thing to do at the moment. So in, in many cases, I'm beginning to think that maybe it's easier to be a hero than it is to be a man, right? You, you're just making that sacrifice that you often don't even have the time to think about in that moment to do that thing. And if you happen to live through it and escape through to the other side, you will get a medal if you're in the military or will be called a hero by people, perhaps for generations. And again, I don't want to take it away from them, but I just want to then contrast that, the people that make a sacrifice for the entirety of their life, they put others first and foremost, and they do all these things, who's making the bigger decision? Who's making the more valuable contribution? I think maybe we need to reevaluate our priorities and how we grade these things or how we rank these things. I'm not wanting to push down those that do heroic deeds. I am wishing that we could reconsider what it takes to be a man. Now, on the flip side of this, my parents' generation or my grandparents' generation, they would look at me like you're crazy. That's a bare minimum. This is an expectation that was put upon us from time immemorial. And you are going to have children. You're going to have a wife or a spouse, if you prefer. And you're going to provide and take care of them. That's part of the deal. You're making that decision. You're right. You're absolutely right. But the world changed in the 60s because of the boomer generation deciding that somehow they knew better than everybody before them. And they rejected the societal norms. They rejected mm, standard marriage. And this is what we're living in right now. So I've got to question the narrative here. I think it's maybe a little bit heroic if you're 
I don't know, 20 to 30 years old and you decide to get married and have children and sacrifice whatever future you thought you might have had for yourself to invest it in your spouse, wife, or your children, perhaps maybe we should applaud that, encourage that, reward that behavior. You always get more re- re- you always get more behavior when it's rewarded. We see this play out all the time when we reward bad behavior and we get more bad behavior and we're shocked and we don't understand why. Perhaps if we reorientate and start rewarding good behavior or desirable behavior, we'll get more of that. Just a thought. And when I consider that, I think about the idea of a citizen. Now, I know that in today's day and age, nobody pays much attention to that. In fact, uh, we live over the mythos that there's magic dirt in these United States. And the moment you set foot here, um, you get to pretend to be a citizen, right? You get to say you're a citizen. You get to say you're an American all on some precept or an idea. And we're supposed to go along with this. We're supposed to believe it. We're supposed to anoint you with our blessing that we're glad you're here and you're a good American. But are you now? seems to me that we've got a whole lot of people, both domestic and foreign, that really don't want to be Americans. They don't want to put in the work. They don't see the value. They don't want to have a family. They don't want to make America better. They don't want to make Texas better. They're not interested in improving their community. They're not interested in anything other than leisure. They're not interested in anything other than living at mommy and daddy's house. They're not interested in doing anything other than living off of somebody else's work. And you'll be sure to note I did say domestic and foreign. Because I'm well aware that we've got a generation and a half of young people that really don't have a work ethic. Mostly because we've never caused them to have to work. Now, whether that's their parents' fault, their grandparents' fault, or just society in general, I wonder what's going to happen. I shudder to think what's going to happen when we just don't have people that want to put in any effort. Now, we've got plenty of foreigners that come here that they want to work. They want to take advantage of the much better place here than where they came from. But they're not really interested in sharing our values. They're not really interested in sharing our ethics, our religion. They don't even want to assimilate. They want to be their own thing within the boundaries and borders of these United States. And I ask you, how is that a good thing? Is that really what we want? Is that a desirable outcome? Now, I understand that there's a whole lot of young people today that were born here that just have zero interest in doing anything much less be a hero. They're not qualified to be a man. And quite frankly, citizens probably out of the question. But how do we fix that? What do we do? How do we improve the situation? Now, if you're a father and you've raised children, you're thinking to yourself, oh gosh, Callus, what are you talking about here? I didn't do, my kid's not like that. Okay, apparently that you've been a good parent. Apparently you did the right thing. 
but there are a whole lot of other young people out there that quite frankly don't know what to do or where they're going. They need us. We need to show them the way. We need to do that. So I'm going to ask you, are you still a man? Are you willing to sacrifice and put others' needs, desires before your own? Are you willing to be heroic and make a decision to put something else before your... I'm trying to think of a polite word. <laughs> your comfort. How about that? Are you willing to put something else before your comfort? Are you willing to do a little bit of extra work to maintain that we're all good citizens? Now, I'm fully aware that that word citizen is kind of a dual-edged sword. It's kind of got a negative connotation in some people's mind. But I'll take citizen over comrade any day. Citizens, in my mind, are people that work for the betterment of their community, promote their family, their churches, and their community, and quite frankly, are willing to sacrifice in order to protect all of the above. So I'm asking you, are you willing to be a citizen? A citizen starts at being a man, and yes, ladies, I know, just relax. It starts at being a man, or if you will, a woman, and That does require you make a few heroic decisions at some point along the line, conceivably. But in the end, you're a citizen. In the end, you have decided to work for a better Texas, a better these United States, a better world, perhaps. Now, don't get me wrong, and please don't confuse this with the globalist vision that's propagated by alphabet agencies and alphabet groups, starting with the World Economic Forum and spreading out amongst them. No, no, no. I'm not asking you to do anything for free. I'm not asking you to give up your life, your liberty, and your pursuit of happiness. No, I'm specifically stating while you're doing those things, might you consider your local community, your local church, and your extended family when you make those decisions, when you put in those efforts? It's your choice. I would say perhaps it's your duty. But as a duty, it doesn't make it my responsibility to ensure that you follow through on that. You have to make a choice, an educated choice and a decision to do those small heroic things, to make those sacrifices that are long-term so that when they get to the end of your life, thinking about that dash, you can see to yourself My family loves me. My community knows what I've done for it. My church will honor my efforts. My life was not a waste. I invested in both my family and my community. I don't think that's too much to ask for. I don't think that's too big of a challenge. We're going to go back and revisit some of these issues going forward. 
I just don't know how in the wind. But I promise you, as we continue to go forward in this program, as I continue to invest my time, my talents, my energies, my money, I want to explore different ways that we can do things, different opportunities that may present themselves. And just as I tack on at the very end here, we dealt with a situation where we had the possibility of not having a good venue to hold a program at. And I asked the rhetorical question, well, how many partners, how many investors would it take to build our own or to buy our own? Perhaps you and my listening audience have an answer for that. Where you live, what would it take to get your own venue up and running? If you find that intriguing or interesting, do me a favor. Send me a text. Send me a message. Let me know. I'd love to connect some people and get uh, people working together on this. I think this is an important thing we're going to need to be working on in the future. And I'd like to start now. And we'll talk about some other things as time goes on. But until then, I want to thank you for listening. I hope I made it worth your time. And uh, <laughs> I hope uh, my uh, little bit of emotional start there didn't wreck this for you. And until then, I'll see you on the other side.